Today I am talking with Sharon Palmer, the plant-powered dietitian and author of the brand new cookbook, California Vegan, Inspiration and Recipes from the People and Places of the Golden State. As a reminder, you can find all the show notes and resources mentioned in this episode on our sponsored blog, badtothebull.com forward slash 32. I loved this conversation so much with Sharon because, well... I love talking about food, and I love learning about food. So if that sounds like you too, you're going to love this conversation as well. I think food has such an amazing way of connecting us to and introducing us to new cultures and experiences, and that is why I love Sharon's new cookbook. This cookbook is not only full of amazing plant-based recipes, and beautiful photography because, you know, I love how beautiful plant-based food looks. looks like the rainbow, but it's also filled with the history and stories behind the recipes in the books. So you're going to learn all about these different cultural food influences that influence California vegan cooking. You are going to love this conversation, so let's dig in. It's time to adapt to a plant-based palate, minimize waste, and respect our environment. Hello, we are Joe and Sarah Hayes, and we are the hosts of the Bowl of Life podcast, where we are encouraging you to join the plant-forward food movement. It's time for vegetables to move from the side of your plate to the center, and we are here each week to help you do that. So if increasing your vegetable consumption and limiting your animal proteins sounds like a win-win to you, go grab a spoon or fork. And let's dive into learning more about how you can be plant forward. Hello, and welcome back to the Bowl of Life podcast. Today, I am very excited to introduce you to Sharon Palmer. Sharon is the founder of the popular blog, The Plant Powered Dietitian, and she is a registered dietitian nutritionist and holds a Master of Science in Sustainable Food Systems. How cool is all that? I have admired Sharon's work for a long time on her blog, and she has other books she's authored, and I'm excited to talk with her about her latest cookbook, California Vegan, Inspiration and Recipes from the People and Places of the Golden State. So let's dive in and meet Sharon. Sharon, welcome to the show. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live in California, and what makes you so passionate about not only plant-based eating, but also what you call the good life? Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's so great to be here. Um, You know, I I just, I live in Ojai, California. I, I actually was born in the Northwest and I moved to California to to study nutrition of all things, and I just have lived here ever since. I've I've fallen in love with this, uh, the cuisine, the 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 way of eating, the lifestyle in California, and so this kind of came through in the book project that I just finished that that we're talking about today. Um, so I I recently moved to Ojai, California. I used to live in in the Los Angeles area, but Ojai is kind of like my happy place. It's up, uh, located between Los Angeles and Santa Barbara, and it's it's just this beautiful valley surrounded by mountains, and it's it was uh, the land of the Chumash peoples, um, and a lot of the name. In fact, Ojai is a Chumash name, but there are a lot of small farms and just an amazing variety of of foods that are grown here. And so I'm starting to grow more of my own food here as well, and it's just part of this this kind of lifestyle that's part of the California lifestyle that I hope comes across in my, in my new book, California Vegan. 
Wow. Yeah. So, oh, hi. So I was telling my husband last night that um, you were going to be on the podcast and we were both like, oh, hi. Do you remember that show? And I don't know if you watched it. Brothers and Sisters, I think it was called. Yes. I yeah. do remember and that show. He, like, he looks at me. He's like, wait, didn't we watch a TV show where they had like a, a fruit farm in Ojai? <laughs> <laughs> I was yes. Like, yes, it was that show. And so that's what, you know, and I always liked when I watched that show, I was always like, that'd be really cool to, you know, they, you know, they had some type of fruit farm or or whatnot. Are, are there a lot of like fruits and all those type of things in, in Hawaii? Was the TV yes, show correct? It's, it's uh, famous for their citrus farms and avocados, citrus and avocados everywhere, little ranches, and then a lot of little vegetable farms, but citrus and avocado are the big thing. Um, and then lavender is another thing. Uh, but yeah, there was a, um, a TV show when I, this shows how old I am, a TV show when I was a kid or a teenager uh, called The Bionic Woman that goes way back when, and she was from Ojai. But there were a lot of movies that were filmed here. There are a lot of movie stars that live here because it's only like an hour and a half to LA. So this is kind of the country, it's getting away from it all. Um, it's just very rural. It's it's very steeped in sustainability. People are really into protecting the environment, eating locally, and you know, reducing their environmental footprint. It's just all the things that I love <laughs> in oh, one little yeah. area. <laughs> that sounds so fabulous, and yeah, like you said, like it's perfect with um, you know the plant based mission. You're kind of like. Oh gosh, it's got to be like heaven there for you. Oh, I know the farmers market. It's like just just to go to the farmers market here every Sunday is just a, such a joy because you will see. I mean, one day before COVID, there was one guy that had a sign that he was giving out free hugs just because like people needed a hug, you know. <laughs> and then there was this one day a girl was walking her chickens that are all dressed up, and I mean, then you have people dancing and singing. It's just. There's all this kind of, it's a basically very bohemian and um, hippie. It's like a very like spiritual place to, on top of all this other, other layer of, of kind of uh, commitment to nature and the, you know, the preserving the land, all this kind of stuff. So it's really a special place. <laughs> oh, wow. It really does sound like it. Like, oh, I need to visit. And especially with those fresh avocados. Man, my daughter would be like, like, mom, <laughs> guacamole heaven. <laughs> like, oh I know. <laughs> it's it's really special, I have to admit. Oh, wow. So <laughs> sounds like the perfect place to write your new book about, you know, being a California vegan. Did you write the whole book while you were in Ojai or had you not yet transplanted to there? I started the book when I lived in Los Angeles, but I had a section on Ojai because the book is kind of laid out in chapters, telling stories of people and places and uh, the history, the legacy of plant-based eating. So, um, you know, I have a large section on Los Angeles, the Southern California area, which has a very prominent place in plant-based eating. Um, and then I have sections on other parts, uh, but I, I started that book in Los Angeles. And, you know, the, the thing about the book is, I, it, you know, the title is California Vegan. It's about plant-based eating, but I really hope that it can inspire everybody. Even if you're not vegan, if you just want to eat more plant-based, you want to eat a little bit lighter and healthier, that you could find things, uh, you know, some inspiration in there too. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
For sure. And I think, you know, I think when we think of California in general, we do kind of think of more of those plant-powered foods as well, mm-hmm. just, you know, with California being more sunny and be, you know, you just kind of feel like it should just have like these lighter, you know, vibrant foods, foods and, and such. So what was kind of the inspiration to write California Vegan versus your other two uh, kind of books, cookbooks that you have, which are with the Plant Powered Diet, correct? And the Plant Powered Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first book, The Plant Powered Diet, was really about kind of a, the Bible of how to eat a healthy plant-based diet. You know, like every single thing from, you know, what kind of plant proteins you should eat, how many servings of this you should get, and and the benefits and the health, uh, you know, advantages and all of the, all of the really nitty gritty on how to eat a healthy plant-based diet. And then the second book, Plant Powered for Life, was uh, taking that and really refining it into 52 easy steps and then a lot of new recipes. But this book is really about this kind of California aesthetic of plant-based eating. I, mean, I don't really talk that much about nutrition. I talk more about just the style of eating and the history of this way of eating um, and just to the, all the, tr- the diverse uh, cultures that, that come into play in California cuisine. And just to really like celebrate this beautiful food tradition that could be enjoyed anywhere. Just like, you know, we have a lot of the Mediterranean diet, which I talk about in the book. We have a lot of the Mediterranean diet in California and you can eat the Mediterranean diet anywhere in the world. You could do the same thing with the California kind of diet, even though you may not replicate the whole thing, you can take pieces of that and, and introduce it into your way of eating that can make it healthy, delicious and beautiful. So that's really uh, kind of the story. And one other little thing that actually when I was working on my master's program in sustainable food systems, it, I started realizing when I was doing research that a lot of the plant-based movement really started in California, like the history of it. And I thought, wow, I didn't even realize that. That, you know, like when even when you think about the hippies, how they started plant-based eating, they started growing, they started living on farms and eating vegetarian and started eating tofu and and sprouts and and granola and how that came in and then you have the history of the of the health movement like I went to school at Loma Linda there was a you know they were kind of the founders of the plant based movement uh, they are now a blue zone um, and you have a lot of the famous plant based doctors like Dr McDougal from California Dr Grieger and um, Clap, Clapter, I think is, yeah, so many of, of them, you know, lived in California and, and then you have all the chefs and then you have all the food companies, like all yeah. these amazing food companies making plant-based food. So I, I started thinking, wow, there's this special thing that's all connected. So I, I, that's what really kind of inspired me to, to write the book. Yeah, you know, you are so right about all of that. That is so true. So why why do you think California is, you know, the golden state, as it's called, is, you know, has been historically known as that? Is is it just because it's so sunnier there? Or I guess that's what first comes to my mind. But why why do you think it is is about that? Well, that's a very good point. And and you know, we do have a Mediterranean climate here. So uh, California produces a lion's share of, of the fruits, vegetables, nuts, you know, olives, all of these things that we can grow here. And we, and we basically feed, the, you know, a lot of the, the produce and these things are, are 
feeding the whole country, you know. So that's why you can get carrots in the wintertime and salad greens and all that kind of thing. But so there's that aspect of this growing climate. We have, you know, this amazing, huge central valley that is this, that had all of these, uh, the soils that came down from the, the mountains and it just made this nutrient rich uh, uh, valley that just can grow things like crazy. And then it's got the sunshine, you know, the good soil and the sunshine. So, uh, you know, we just have this amazing climate. Um, and then you have, so, you know, people like myself, you know, you can have your own garden, you can have a variety of fruit trees, you know, so you can also be growing your own food. And then we have like the farmer's market movement where California certified farmer's markets are that many of them are open year round. Um, so you're connected within a hundred miles to farmers and get literally, you know, things picked that morning. So we have access to all this amazing produce, which is all part of that plant-based movement too. Yeah, that's what kind of came to, to my mind, the kind of the access of it year round, which can be hard in other areas of the United States or even the world rather, probably too, um, except for some certain areas, is that access to it year round. And I'm so, so jealous about that, actually. Like in Michigan, it's not that way, unfortunately, but, you know, we make do and we're thankful for, you know, the produce in California that can come our way. Are you able to grow? Now, you mentioned, I think earlier before we hopped on, you have um, your own garden. Are you able to, you know, grow things year round in there? Yes, we have uh, in Cal most of California, you know, we California has all these microclimates, but you can grow year round. And I had kind of have in my area have a growing season where I'll be starting my summer garden in March, probably by the end of March, I want it planted. So I can, uh, I can start in the early parts where it's still cool with my peas and my herbs and my salad greens. And then when it gets hotter, I move into like eggplants and tomatoes and peppers and squash and then all winter long um i can just do lettuces and herbs and i can't do like things like celery things that like cold weather carrots beets radishes but i can't do any of the sun loving things so i have like this season um uh, and you kind of see that replicated in california what the farmers are doing too so uh we do have access but i always like to remind people that you know every almost everywhere you can grow produce in the summer, no matter what your climate is. Like even, yeah. you know, I have half my family in Sweden. You can, in the summer, they have an amazing climate. So they just grow, 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 you know, but it, I know it's a shorter, uh, you know, growing season, but I always encourage people, you know, because this is what my father grew up in Minnesota. I mean, they had a summer yeah. garden and I mean, then, and my grandma canned all of the food, like they grew and grew and grew and then she canned it all. And that's what they ate all winter long, you know? So I always, that's what I hope to remind people that no matter where you live, you can have seasonal produce. What's in season in your area? Like it's winter right now, you know, that getting almost at the end of winter, but you know, the root vegetables, you know, what, and some of the hearty greens and what cabbages, the cruciferous, you know? And then some of the preserved things, that's all part of this kind of seasonal way of eating. Yeah. Yeah. And we definitely do. We, so yeah, in Michigan, ours is a little bit gr different growing season, probably more like uh, maybe your grandparents in Minnesota are most, most definitely because our climates are really similar. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I used to be really into to canning and such and uh, 
only broke one jar ever, so proud moment. It's <laughs> always a worry. I would be sticking the salsa in, you know, and be like, okay, don't break, don't break. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we do take advantage of that for sure here in the in the colder climates, Midwest area. Um, you know, always could be doing more, but you know, you gotta be realistic. But we our growing season, like you said, is kind of more in that summer area. So the aim of most, you know, farmers who have a garden are, you know, in their backyards is get it in by Memorial Day is kind of the cutoff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's always interesting to kind of see how things grow differently in different areas and, and things like that. So you mentioned that, you know, cultural influences really, you know, influence a lot of California food. So what kind of cultural influences are found in like the cookbook and the recipes that you have in there or just in California food in general? Yeah, you know, uh, California is a very diverse, uh, has a very diverse culture, which is one of the things I love so much about it with people from all over the world. But we also have this history, you know, of course, the Chumash people where I live, and there were numerous tribes in California. In my bioregion, it's the Chumash tribe. And um, so there are food traditions that go back to then. And then, uh, you know, we had the mission era in California. I talk a little bit about the history. So then there was some Spanish influence. Some of that European style of agriculture came. And then we had the Mexican um, uh, era with the rancho, the rancho era, so uh, there were all these influences. And then the big thing that really made a difference for California was the gold rush. And if you remember your history lesson, you had people from everywhere coming in to, for gold. Yeah. And that brought all kinds of people. And then you would always have people that would come in to, you know, like to build the railroads or to grow food. So we had people from different countries in Asia and the Americas coming to help provide all the food that needed to be grown. And so that you know, even like our farming, you know, a lot of the original farms in California were from um, immigrants that came, you know, to start farming um, so that there was always this kind of interest. And then because of of all the job opportunities here, you have people from all over. So, you know, there's whether it's, you know, from Ethiopia or Vietnam or Peru or Thailand, there's always so many beautiful food cultures here. And the thing that's great about, I always encourage people when you're eating a more plant-based diet, look at what other food cultures are doing because most food cultures have plant-based traditions. You know, whether you're looking at beans and rice or like a Thai tofu stir fry or, um, you know, a, a, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, like in the pinto beans in, in Central America, there's just or all the doll dishes in India. There's just so many of these beautiful dishes that are plant-based, you know, so that can really add more interesting flavors and history to, to your plate, you know, when we're looking to eat more plant-based. Oh, I love that. Add more history to your plate. What a great phrase that is. I'm going to, I'm going to use that as well. So it sounds like almost like in the cookbook, (laughs) we also get a little like cultural history lesson as well. Yeah, that's, I was, this book was a little different in that way where I wanted to share stories and even some of the interviews that I've done, um, talking to people across the state, you know, uh, from different cultures of what they're doing in the plant-based food movement. So 
I feel like I w- there was a lot of storytelling in the book too. Oh, I love that. So I'm thinking to myself, like, maybe this will be what has my daughter liking history finally. If <laughs> Like, maybe if I say, hey, did you know there's a history also behind what we're eating? I mean, that's fascinating. I think, you know, I don't think that's being talked about in history classes, but I sure would have liked to take a history class like that. <laughs> There's so much history in our food, what we've, what we've been eating, you know, and, and how all the influences, like you look at the Mediterranean diet and, you know, it, it's based on all the people that came and, and who was, you know, who immigrated and who controlled the land and what ingredients, even like, you know, the Americas, we could, some of the original ingredients, things like tomatoes and potatoes come from the Americas, more Central America. Uh, and then when the Spanish explorers came, they found all of these ingredients, brought them to Europe. And so they ended up, things like tomatoes ended up in Italy eventually, you know. So it is such an interesting story about our plate and the way we eat, the traditions, the ingredients. It's all very fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love how, you know, that you've woven that story into the cookbook because, you know, I I always like to know kind of where you know, the inspiration is coming from, from certain dishes and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's just really cool way to, um, you know, go through a cookbook and, and see that. Is it divided into the different like um, cultural influences in the book? Like the, you know, maybe yeah. here's like the Thai section, here's the Mediterranean section. Exactly. I kind of lay the book out uh, based um, on these different sections or, ca- or, you know, I, I start out telling my own story of my own way I came to California and some of the foods my parents, who my parents both grew up on farms, my mom in Arkansas, my dad in Minnesota, and how that changed my experience of food. And then also like, like for example, what it's like the plant-based movement is like in Los Angeles. And then even like the indigenous food traditions here in California. And then all, you know, like the blue zones, uh, at Loma Linda, which is where I studied nutrition. That's another part of the plant-based movement. Um, even like the farmer's markets, how that's impacted our, our you know, culinary aesthetics. So I, I kind of broke up the, the uh, chapters in these categories, but then of course you, there's a reference. You can always just find recipes based on you know, um, kind of a, a glossary and index. So, so you can look, if, if you're looking for a salad recipe, you can find it that way too, but it's kind of goes along with a story that way. No, I, I love that. That's so cool. And so bright and colorful recipes too. Is that just kind of a general aesthetic for California cooking is kind of those, you know, just brighter kind of vibrant dishes? Yeah, I, I do think, uh, you know, because of produce, you know, when we talk about plant-based cooking, you know, it's all about the plants that offer that color, mostly fruits and vegetables. That's what brings all the color to the plate. So that's one of the things that people love about plant-based cooking is it's so colorful. Um, and so a lot of these, you know, foods that we have here, like, for example, on the cover of the book, I have um, my recipe for this pomegranate uh, cucumber farrow bowl, and it's got pomegranates, which of course are like jewels. They're just these ruby jewels, you know, glistening, sparkly. And then you've got the oranges in there that are bright, bright orange. And actually both of those things came from my garden because I grow both of those 
Um, and then, you know, the cucumbers were their green skin. So there's a lot of color. And for this book, I actually took all the photography. So this is all of my own photography. Um, so these are all things that I cooked in my kitchen and over, the, over time, you know, until I got it right and my family enjoyed it. So it's been fun. Oh, yeah, that's so fun. I know looking at this picture, it's like I just want to eat it off the cover. It just is so vibrant. And my husband is huge into that aesthetic. He's always, when we have a colorful plates, he's like, oh my gosh, I just love the colors. They look so well together. And, you know, it just goes to show like we do eat with our eyes first. It's very, mm -hmm. you know, experience when you're, when you're eating, you know, so if it's nice and colorful and, you know, that makes you feel good too. I, I think at least. I think so too. We eat with our eyes and we love things to be pretty and have lots of texture and color and aroma and, and different types of flavors. So I agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so fun. So yummy. Oh man. And you, wow. That had to be so fun testing all the recipes for it. So was there like a specific, you know, recipe or, you know, cuisine chapter that you were like really loving, like a favorite? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I have to say that I've always been drawn to kind of the Mediterranean uh, aspect of California cuisine. Cause a lot of people, will say that California cuisine is very inspired by the Mediterranean diet because we have that same climate. And we've always, you know, we, we make olive oil here, just really good olive oil in California, um, just like the Mediterranean climate, the, you know, the true Mediterranean diet does. And we have the citrus. So that that really resonates with me. And I've, I've spent, I've had an opportunity to spend a lot of time in the Mediterranean studying the diet. So I think that was one of my most fun, um, fun things to work on. And I really think that embodies the California cuisine where we're using those lighter, we don't use a lot of heavy fats. It's more a little olive oil, citrus, herbs, fresh things that, that really is kind of the hallmark of that kind of cuisine. Mm, yeah, I, I think fresh herbs to me make a world of a difference in a dish. <laughs> yeah. I have an herb garden year round and um, that I always add fresh herbs. And I know that that sometimes people have told me, you know, that's that sometimes it can be hard to find fresh herbs and, and they're, they can be expensive. So I always tell people, you know, you can use the dried, you know, it, it's completely fine. But, you know, if you have an opportunity that like if, if you're just starting to try to grow some food, start with herbs because it's easy, just one little clump. You know, you can just go pick some and it just keeps coming back, you know, and uh, in the summertime, you can even try one indoors in a, in a bright kitchen window to try to grow some herbs because it's it makes it eat. If you have it, you will use it all the time. Yeah, that's true. And then once you do, you know, do have it you yeah, it just it just makes it taste so much better. I mean, yes, I I have a combination of dried and fresh and Obviously, in the winter months here, I, I try to pick up a few at the store. And I'm, I don't have a green thumb at all, which is so funny when I tell people that. They're like, Sarah, you're plant-based and you can't keep anything alive hardly. <laughs> I, I can do an herb box in the in the summer. And thank God for my husband. He <laughs> He's a little better at it. But uh, yeah, but I, I do try to, you know, buy some fresh basil and little pots and, and grow those in the winter or, you know, cilantro or some other just because they're just really add 
add to dishes. I, I agree. So the Mediterranean kind of food, and actually, ironically, I, uh, Amy Katz from Veggies Save the Day is going to be on the podcast here in a few weeks. And I know she's really big into the um, kind of Mediterranean lifestyle you know, diet. I always hate to use mm-hmm. the word diet. It's such a funny, funny word to me. <laughs> but kind of what what kind of foods embody, you know, so you said the citrus foods and mm-hmm. olive oil. What what kind of else is that Mediterranean style and dishes? Yeah, well the Mediterranean diet was interesting. You know, I agree with you. I don't like to use the word diet, but that's the word that that has kind of been attributed. The Mediterranean Mediterranean diet has been studied tremendously there. It's the most researched diet pattern on the planet. And it's been found to have multiple health benefits. Uh, But, you know, that original diet is the diet of all the countries surrounding the Mediterranean Sea. So it's not one diet. Like if you go to Morocco, there's going to be one version of that. If you go to Spain, if you go to um, Lebanon, all the, every country has its own kind of, uh, you know, original diet, but there are certain things they have in common and that, that they identified. And one was the olive oil, that the olive oil was a main, their main fat, which we know is a very healthy fat. Um, and then they, they use things like nuts and seeds. You know, a lot of our nuts originate in, in the Mediterranean and they grow really well in California. Another thing we have in common, like things like pistachios and almonds, they grow really well here walnuts grow well here as well. So they have nuts um, and then olives, of course, olives and olive oil, because the olive oil comes from the olives. Yeah. You see that in all, all of the cuisines. It's a really important thing. But then there are also things they used grains, you know, like every Mediterranean um, diet has a grain, like might be couscous in one country, or it could be, um, you know, like in Spain, they're, they're, uh, the rice they use for their, their paella and um, it could be whole wheat and in another, like in parts of Italy. So they have a grain and then they have pulses. They use beans and lentils. Like in Greece, there's a dish uh, called fava, which is just basically mashed split yellow peas, but it's just a tradition. It's like everywhere in Santorini. And it's, it's just this thick mashed uh, split pea with onions and olives and um, it's just so good. They serve it warm, but there are all these dishes because beans were really important protein. And then everything about vegetables, all about seasonal local vegetables, like tomatoes and eggplant and zucchini and greens and, and then fruits too. So those were, this was also considered the poor man's diet. The, in the uh, mid century, people looked at the Mediterranean diet and said, oh, that's the poor man's diet. It doesn't have meat. It doesn't have very much meat. It's poor. You know, it's like people are growing their own food. And now we know that it's a healthy diet, you know? So, and we have a lot of that similarity here in California. We can grow a lot of those foods and that that influence is really uh, seen in the way we cook. Mm, yeah. Wow. So fun. And yeah, I, I just always want to be like grains, people. They're okay to eat. <laughs> They're okay. <laughs> it's good for us. Grains are, are good for us. And this is the way, you know, the healthiest people that they've studied have ate. And uh, yeah, I just always am with you on that. Like, let's just preach more of that. Now, I always feel like, um, you know, we bring in kind of these cultural, you know, maybe even the Mediterranean, we can speak about that. And then we kind of give it an American spin to it. Do you think, uh, 
Have you noticed kind of that with uh, the Mediterranean kind of foods in California versus maybe the Mediterranean foods you've actually seen in the Mediterranean? Oh, yes, for sure. We love to do that in America. <laughs> and other countries, Western nations do that. I've seen it in Europe, too, where we take a cultural food and then we Americanize it uh, or Westernize it. So yeah. we've done that with a lot of foods. Uh, I mean, a lot of times it's really interesting when you go to a Mediterranean restaurant, it's usually like hummus and falafels. And so that's just, you know, it's it's kind of one expression. But Mediterranean is is has this diverse diets. You know, I think there's something like 22 countries that are part of the Mediterranean diet. So uh, when you go to Morocco, you have tagines, these amazing tomato vegetable tagines served with served with couscous. And if you go to uh, the Mediterranean in Italy, lemons is in everything, and you have pasta dishes. And and then the Mediterranean in France, you have all these olive and lavender and cooking and uh, these rustic bean dishes. And I mean, it's just every, every uh, region has its own kind of dishes and, and style, but it's much more complicated than I think people understand it to be. Right. Yeah. I think when, you know, someone who maybe is not familiar with that style, you say Mediterranean, like you said, they automatically think of the hummus and you know falafels and pitas yeah. <laughs> so like they just automatically think of like maybe something you might find at a greek restaurant <laughs> versus versus it versus it all um so you you mentioned in the book too um that you know everybody can eat this way and bring that California cooking vibe into our kitchens, no ma- no matter where we live. So whether you're you know like like uh, in Minnesota or Michigan or New York, you know even if you're a very East Coast, you can still have a California vibe to your food. Can you give us some tips on how we can do that? Yeah, sure. Because I'm really passionate about this because I know that I love to talk about you know, this kind of eating. And I also want to really be sensitive to people that live in different climates, you know, and I have this, uh, a cooking class, uh, a cooking show every Thursday on my Instagram. And I'll, I'll ask people, you know, what are you, what are you finding in your farmer's markets, whatever. And people go, it's snowing here, you know? And so I, I think it's important to keep, keep that in mind that we all have different regions. And we were talking about this a little while ago that we all have our different growing regions where, you know, we have certain times of the year that we can get produce. But I always encourage people to, to, you know, look at the seasons for produce. You know, right now we're just at the edge of winter. So look what seasonal, uh, I try to encourage people to mostly use more local seasonal produce and try to go more towards those hearty produce uh, things, things like cabbages and root vegetables when it's cold and then really explode into the spring and the summer and just go crazy. If you can grow it, support your local farmers. I mean, that's wonderful. Um, But also one of the trademark things that we've been talking about is this cultural diversity, these global cuisines. And that's always been a hallmark of California cuisine is you, you may take one little element of a food tradition and add it to something and kind of this fusion type thing, which is totally cool and totally fine. You know, like you might have a, a grain bowl that you do a masala sauce. I have a recipe for that in my book. You know, like 
I have a, cal a, cauliflower, a cauliflower rice bowl that I use a masala sauce. So that's classic California cuisine where you're marrying trends together. And that's one thing that you can do no matter where, where you live, you know, is to try these interesting global flavors. Um, and then the other thing is to really start using more of those light, uh, uh, using the olive oil for your healthy fats and, you know, uh, using things like nuts and seeds and avocados more, uh, you know, not being overly afraid of fat, you know, of course, I'm not saying that we should just go crazy, but just using small touches of healthy fats, you know, that's another tradition, you know, like we don't really, you know, the creamy things aren't as, as uh, part of the traditions more about those, those citrus, the vinaigrettes and those olive oil type things. Um, the herbs, all of that. And then also things like the whole grains. We were just talking about the whole grains and the pulses, the beans and lentils. Those are things we can enjoy everywhere. Um, and then I think the other thing is that just make food taste really good. Like it, you know, when it's pretty and, it, and it's really delicious, then it's just so amazing and rewarding and, and that you don't have to live in California for that, you know? So I think those are things we can all do. Ah, oh, these are such great tips. And yeah, I think so. I grew up in Indiana, a very, very like, if you know anything about Indiana, like very meat and potatoes type of, you know, mm -hmm. state. And then when I was able to cook for myself and not say my mom was very into, into eating locally before even that was like a thing, like, you know, so that, you know, she was always like going to like a local orchard to get our fruit. And we lived right in the middle of a city. So that was kind of ironic that she would find stuff like that. But again, it was just like traditional meat and potatoes. And so when I was able to cook for myself and suddenly like, you know, I was like showing up with all these like spices and herbs and even to this day, I'll go visit my sister and um, she lives in North Carolina and I'll be like, okay, like, what do you want me to cook? I'm going to bring my whole box of spices or whatever. Cause I know <laughs> you don't have anything <laughs> just cause she doesn't like to cook. We're total opposites. And so, you know, I just, I, I love experiencing all the flavors and, you know, other people do too. It's like when you make stuff for them, you know, besides maybe kids, which you kind of have to try out a few things, but um, even even kids, they will they get used to all the flavors and, and tastes and all that. And uh, that's huge for me. And, you know, so everybody just try it to get Sharon's book and, you know, try it, just bring more kind of flavors and culture and um, all that into our into our foods and the history of the plate, you know, make it happen. So, so fun. I loved how you used that wording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so where can we find your book? Um, this, uh, I think it just released. So where, where can we find that to buy it? Yeah, you can get it at Amazon. It's there. And you can also get, get more information, um, on my website at SharonPalmer.com. Uh, I have information on the book there and I think it's pretty much, I, I saw that it was an available, it, it was available at most bookstores too. So it should be pretty easy to find it. And, you know, you can always go to my site where I provide more information at SharonPalmer.com. Oh, great. Yeah, so SharonPalmer.com. And we'll make sure to have that linked in the show notes as well as a few places where people can buy it, of course, on, on Amazon. And I'm sure, of, you know, just Googling California vegan cookbook, it'll come up. So yeah. that as as well. And you mentioned the, the cooking show. So every Thursday on your Instagram? 
Yeah, I do an Instagram live uh, plant-based cooking show every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And I, I, uh, if you follow me on Instagram at Sharon Palmer RD, you, I publish the recipe the day before and I give you a shopping list. So my idea is that it could be a cook along. I mean, you don't have to do that. People do it, but they don't have to do it. So literally like you could get dinner on the table. You could practice a recipe plus get dinner on the table. Um, so it's, it's a fun, fun thing. I, I really love it. It's, uh, it's, from my kitchen here in Ojai. And I talk about a different theme, um, you know, like this uh, week coming up, I'm talking about how to do savory oats. You know, a lot of us think about only sweet oats, you know, so that's my theme. So every week we have a theme that we're talking about and then one recipe. Oh, how fun. And what a fun way just to kind of introduce new foods and dishes to people. I'm going to have to check out check out the savory oats. I've been it's been on my list to to try that. So, definitely we'll link to your Instagram in the show notes as well and people can cook along with you. They can um when the cookbook releases, are you going to cook a few dishes uh Yes, I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be doing all sorts of fun things. I'm going to do a launch party. Um, uh, I, I can give you the date and the link for that, but I'm going to be doing a launch party where we're going to do some prizes. There's going to be all sorts of fun stuff coming out to, to kind of celebrate the book. And I, I'm going to have a video coming out, out a little bit, uh, later on it too. So there'll be a lot of great information. Oh, so fun. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for coming on, sharing about your new cookbook and just introducing us to California vegan food and what makes it so special. And wow, like uh, on my list uh, to just dive in and start making so many of these recipes. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's really fun. Okay. Honestly, who else wants to move to California now? Me, my hand is raised, but in all seriousness, I know the reality is that most of us can't do that, and I'm not sure I'm ever going to get my husband to leave Michigan. So that is why I especially love the tips that Sharon gave us on how we can be a California vegan, even without living in that sunny western state. It's about adopting the mindset and vibe of a California vegan. It's to focus on bright, colorful food that expands our taste buds to a different culture. It's about exploring ingredients and combining plant-based foods to make our plates more colorful. If this excites you as much as me, Sharon's cookbook just released, and you can head to the show notes to get all the information on where to get that. Plus, you can learn where you can connect with Sharon and maybe even join her on her live Instagram cooking sessions, which we talked about and sounded so fun. As a reminder, you can find all the show notes at badtothebowl.com forward slash 32. Again, that is badtothebowl.com forward slash 32. Thanks for listening.